Welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange, our series of conversations with the artists, labels and promoters shaping the electronic music landscape. My name's Mark Smith and I'm the tech editor of Resident Advisor. This week's exchange is with Philip Gorbachev. Even in a scene full of eccentrics, Philip Gorbachev stands out. He's a central figure in Moscow's tumultuous club scene and his sound is defined by contrast between warehouse raves and post-punk. He recorded his last album with artists he met on Craigslist, while on stage, he's a truly flamboyant character, partial to orange jumpsuits and black shades. But speaking with Will Lynch in our Berlin office, it's clear that his quirks are matched only by his optimism. As difficult as things may be, he has unshakable faith in his city's club scene, and believes fully in the value of Russia's contribution to electronic music worldwide. And you grew up in Moscow, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, I spend um, most of my life now in Berlin, as I've been living here with my family in the 90s. And uh, it was a recent, more uh, grown-up decision to move to Berlin in 2010, when I was around 21 or something like that. <laughs> and that was because I was very much wanting to be part of a certain dance movement. A certain dance culture. Uh, it was a time when I got a chance to play music together with uh, the common people, and that's the time when I um, got to know Reboliedo and Matias Aguayo, and through these people and their friends, I uh, basically um, got involved in uh, parties and music making out of Russia. 
What's it like being a young person interested in electronic music in Moscow? Well, um, it really depends on the times you live in, I think, because uh, obviously now and 2017, what I see is that there is big interest in dance music if one can compare this to uh, times when I was uh, entering my 20s. Uh, because it was more of a private uh, party scene, you know, uh, places where you could get into only with a guest list or you are friends with friends. And the audience there was not uh, particularly young. It was just a mix, a crazy mix, um, a very social party with people from, you know, uh, luxury world, some politicians uh, going off and, and you know, it was just uh, adult entertainment zone. So. And maybe a little more elite, it sounds like. I would say the dance movements that came from uh, people that don't have actually time to uh, find a guest list spot on these elite parties, so to say. So the music that comes from the streets, in other words, it took time to uh, for things to uh, kick off in this direction and i think that the dance uh, scene that i have now uh, in front of my eyes and in front of my heart in moscow is very much the result of this um, development of people who bought a little drum machine saved some cash from their uh, jobs or whatever savings and went to a couple of festivals and seen wow you can do shows using this drum machine and this microphone or you can just play the dj set with this certain groove attitude and the world is full of possibilities so let's try to experiment in this direction and I think that um, all these people now that grew up um, from this uh, idea of um, making music all this generation now is very inspiring Mm. so it sounds like basically there was something like a renaissance of underground electronic music in the last five ten years well I don't know. Underground, I'm not a big fan of underground world. Um, A rise of uh, creativity and uh, activity um, uh, that comes from own initiative. So to say people started to believe I can make this beat, I can make this song. I have a vision and I have enough instruments to to share it. And um, so there is no big amount of industry and middleman between this artistic idea to share something and uh, the results that you play at the party. Because many parties in Moscow, you know, are organized by more or less the same people. And you can have a constant dialogue with the audience, which is pretty cool. But, you know, there's not even a single serious booking agency nowadays working in Russia that can help connect independent artists and independent clubs because there are basically um, maybe five clubs in the whole country where you could play (laughs) on a proper sound system and in a proper setting you know so where you can play the music that flows out of you not being uh, afraid that some night manager will come and say "Um, this is too tough or uh, we want something more dancey I mean this is this is part of the past. <laughs> That's great. So it's basically, I think, a struggle for independence of personal and collective artistic ideas. And this is just, I think, a great start on the long trip to quality and and unity. You said before you described the current scene 
as the one in front of you right now, the current scene in Russia. So even though you live in Berlin, it seems like you remain pretty closely connected to the scene there. Um, yes, um, I think I'm I'm sort of a weird patriot in a way because I totally love playing in Russia. You say a and weird patriot? Yeah, patriot. Yeah, patriot. Because um, there's things I don't like in Russia, but there's things I very much like in Russia. And of course, dance music and parties I like very much in Russia. Uh, Moscow has been, in my uh, memories, uh, always a great place to have a proper party. And it remains like this. And uh, I think that the um, general distance between people at the party is very, very um, low. What do you mean by that? It's you can talk to anyone and you can hug everyone. And basically there is um, no feeling that you are um, trying to get into some secret society or something like this. Uh, it's uh, very uh, touchable and I like it very much. Um, and I think it's going to change because it's going to develop, of course, but um, it's just very fresh. It's very young, you know, it's just the beginning of the uh, body language and um, some uh, fashion for the dance store, uh, people making some DIY clothes and T-shirts and printing some obscure uh, logos and uh, stickers and dream about having a record label and all those things. So it's very interesting to, to be part of this. Just like it very much. Um, the personality types that populate this scene you're describing, would you say they're misfits within Russian society or are they sort of classic you know, young Muscovites? I've changed my mind towards many uh, ways to describe certain scenes because I came to a point where I among other things, stop to believe in uh, scenes <laughs> as categories. Um, because from my experience, um, good music and something that we call a scene is a result of a friendship. And uh, so basically, uh, a scene as a, as a big network of friends. I also think that something like friendship or art or music doesn't come from um, a certain prerogative from above. It's something that flows naturally and grows like a tree within the friendship. A certain sound, a certain beat, a cer certain joke or a certain code of behavior. So for me, it's uh, all about just people trusting more in relationships rather than into some role models that come from anywhere. Because with friendship, it's a great thing. You can build up something together that is yours. Uh, with some other uh, people that you feel good together with or with whom it's a struggle but it's still good, you know? And these things are charged with the special energy of love because um, it's basically love. Uh, you spread love from uh, your side, there's people who spread love from their side and then you do something together. So you create something together. And I think this is very much independent from nations and... and um, and different different political regimes because basically people want to be together but there's a lot of things that um, are separating them or are meant to separate them and i think music um, is um, a power that holds it all together because um, with the music we produce uh, sounds that celebrate the moment the unity uh, it's not sounds that are meant to disassemble the people I mean, that's my personal opinion, because otherwise uh, no party will work. <laughs> you know, people will just uh, go home and run away from these horrible sounds <laughs> and from these, uh, uh, you know, strange people playing their strange sounds. But 
there is a reason why people get attracted to this and I think it, it's all in love, it's all in unity. Moscow definitely as any place on the planet has this unity and I think the more tough the environment is around, um, the contrast in the society, the more valuable is a situation where it's um, 11 o'clock in the morning on Sunday, you're playing a totally packed warehouse or any sort of a historical building at, for example, an Arma 17 event in Moscow, you feel really good. You feel the really, really, really right place. And that's my uh, condition, mental condition, where when I play uh, parties in Moscow, that I feel that we're doing something very, very great, totally great at this moment, and that we're uniting people. As I told you, this feeling is uh, is general, but maybe just as a person that comes from Moscow, I'm super glad that these things they also happen there. You know, uh, it's uh, it gives me hope. You're speaking about music as something that unifies people that might otherwise be separated by political differences or general kind of forces at play. Yeah, in all sorts of like you know, gender and. Um, Uh, political choices, um, you know, involvements or disagreements with some minorities or whatever. I've, I don't know. I never experienced really things like this on a dance floor, you know. The need to be separated. I always felt a chance to be united. And I think this is something a lot of people from the society can learn from dance culture in general because it's a basically a self-regulating working water, you know, um, a big lake. Uh, that's an example of how you can keep the molecules together. I don't know why it's together, but perhaps it's because people really love it. I wanted to talk about the way that it seems like in Moscow, club culture is a game of cat and mouse a little bit, or maybe that's just Arma 17, I'm not sure. Well, to take Arma as an example, If you look at the timeline since 2009, it just seems there's a weird amount of intrigue and the club seems kind of persecuted. It burns down in a fire and then the new one is shut down by the police and then their festival is shut down just before it starts. And then now, just recently, their birthday party in St. Petersburg was mysteriously shut down as well. And also that my understanding is a couple of those incidents outline in the most recent birthday party, it seems like they waited till the exact moment where the club would lose the most money. All the artists had been paid and the equipment had been leased. Um, anyway, it just seems like the, the state has some kind of very keen interest in, in keeping them down. I guess, first of all, is that a general thing with club culture in Moscow or in Russia, or is it just Arma 17? And in general, why is that happening? Why is why are the police so interested in this in this club, in this promoter? There are at least uh, five different versions uh, why this is happening, and all of these versions um, are also generated within the more I would say uh, management um, circles of the club and of the community. So I don't want to sound um, muddy. Um, because I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it can be many different factors and um, especially um, in a political system of, of my country, the reason can be extraordinary. You never know.
it's a usually a combination of different factors. Um, well, anything is a combination of different factors, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just sad that um, I lost a great platform. Uh, but on the other hand, there is also different uh, kinds of festivals and um, music um, uh, enthusiasts that um, create different events. Um, so let's see. I really hope that we'll, this will come back um, and uh, the situation will, will be cleared. The reason why I really love Arma is it's a great example of how a dance party and a festival uh, can be an art form in itself. I know that the people who organize it, Natasha Abel and, and, and Jenny Sobel, uh, they're investing so much creative energy, but also artistic vision in their event, uh, so that the event itself becomes an art form. And this I totally love, because it's great to play in such a <laughs> context. <laughs> it's a fantasy. <laughs> and it's fantasy on such an interesting um, level of um, uh, style combinations that... Um, It became really my favorite place and I was super happy when I got offered to be, well, a member of this community, not just a guest, uh, a resident. But, um, for example, there are also people that never played Arma and are also very interesting musicians. So it's just, you know, it's their child, Arma 17, that's nine years old. Uh, right now I'm working more closely in uh, Moscow among all other musicians with um, a group called Interchain. And their uh, founders, uh, there are two guys, um, Abgon and Andrew Lee, uh, whom I released on my label, PG Tune. And Vzhenia um, Grubunov uh, is um, um, a guitar player and a leader of another band uh, called Glintshake. So um, the, I'm just telling this story uh, to show that, um, for example, these people are have a very powerful live approach on stage, which refers to me as well. They're showing that uh, a proper dance party in Moscow uh, with their participants is not a party where, the D where a DJ plays a sublime set for 10 hours, but it's a party where uh, there is a a live uh, dance project in the middle of the lineup that heats up the uh, energy for almost two hours with um, all things that the audience allows them to do it. Like, you know, scratching uh, some metal panels with a microphone and jumping on the table and then the crowd and dancing and moving like there are no cameras even invented in the world. You know, things like this. Things like this. And I like it very much, you know, that you can really, you can, you can, you can go, go much, much far uh, as a performer. And uh, this is great. This is perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. I know your influences are not strictly just dance music, um, things like post-punk, and I know you're into the Russian band Kino. Um, Kino, I mean, I have to because uh, they've been friends of my family, um, and um, uh, I was very, uh, it was a very small baby, but maybe I f still uh, could feel the physical presence of the band that have, was having breakfast with my mother, <laughs> <laughs> things like this. <laughs> but they're an influential band in Russia, right? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be in the dance music scene and have some of your biggest influences not be straight up club music, but more sort of post-punk and that kind of you know modern rock. Um, is that something that's relatively common in the club scene in Moscow, or is that more particular to you? Well, everyone knows Kino. Everyone knows Wukimu. 
everyone knows Kuroshin and most of the clubbers watched um, something like um, Tarkovsky, uh, Andrei Rublev. And most of the clubbers go to church. It's actually something I came to a conclusion. Um, and most of the clubbers and most of the people who love dance music, they may be been taken to church with their parents when they were young. So I think that the whole melody of um, of Russian-based sounds, so sounds that come from Russian artists, are have very much to do uh, with a certain uh, melodics of, of course of the Russian language itself, but also how you can express certain uh, spiritual conditions of your soul and of your mind through this language. So for me, this is, for instance, a big, big influence um, of how uh, I shape uh, music as a person who was born in Moscow. For example, when I see some works of um, avant-garde artists as... Um, Avant-garde. I mean, they later called it avant-garde. <laughs> Malevich would never say that he's avant-garde. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, the Black Square or El Lisitsky, you know, all those, you know, strange um, red and um, black and white uh, figures that crash in space. Well, as they call it, suprematism, yeah, the, um, the most important of all styles, the style that is above, you know, the the absence of the subject. Без предметной живописи, yeah. Uh, so it's not abstract; it's the absence of the subject and all these things. I think that they influence very much how people understand uh, music and time and space and in general, you know, uh, the groove of elements, uh, the groove of energies, and which is for, which is for me very much musical, because if you if you look at the rave scene, um, of course, from the late '80s and the '90s, there have been people that say. Okay, I want to have a um, I want to have a dance party. I invite a couple of DJs from Berlin, uh, a couple from Paris. We're gonna play all new records from Chicago and Detroit, and some uh, new stuff from Frankfurt. And we're gonna have a crazy, crazy, crazy party. And um, but it's more like a social, uh, social environment because till now. Uh, the majority of music that was being play, played in Russia was not made in Russia. And it's great because it unites people, it shows different um, uh, approaches to music, which is international, uh, dance music is international music. Uh, but I think recently people started to think, okay, my own country has so much um, interesting, undefined magic um, in the communication, which is not used um, on the dance floor. So this is, for example, why I um, got totally um, inspired by the idea of singing in Russian. Most of my uh, songs are in Russian or have Russian uh, uh, lyrics elements because otherwise I wouldn't connect to the people on a desk. Or I mean, I can go out in Moscow and say, you know, where is Ronnie Douglas? And uh, everyone would shout, he was killed by the CIA. But if I want to touch a couple of, you know, more intelligent topics, uh, there would be not so much resp response, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> or some other jokes. So, and, you know, this um, uh, idea of um, using more uh, Russian-based uh, elements in dance music saved my life. I wouldn't be able to create more music uh, and um, record new albums if I wouldn't realize that. And uh, this is something really cool because it gives me, you know, certain ground to sit here and to tell stories how uh, different and interesting Moscow is uh, because I loved it on a much, much higher level actually after I uh, had to leave it, <laughs> uh, after I left the country. Mm, but then... 
now I can't imagine every two months I have to be in Moscow because I have to play shows, but um, just uh, I miss it very much. But I get charged and then I, I have my own um, quiet time in the studio because I prefer when I work uh, to have um, complete isolation from things that could uh, disturb me uh, because I need to work. Do you work here in Moscow? I, I work in Berlin. My production um, hub, <laughs> my uh, platforms for creating music are in Berlin. It's um, the District Union Studio, which we um, created with Matthias Aguayo when we moved to Berlin in the same year, uh, almost to the same street. And uh, it's also my little um, hideout place, um, an isolated uh, location in, uh, near the lakes in West Berlin. Uh, but it doesn't matter uh, where I live. It's more of that when it's totally quiet and then it w when I can concentrate um, on, on, on the subject, on the topic. Um, uh, because since a couple of years, it has been my rule to, f first of all, I avoided all my uh, personal social uh, networks, uh, communication. So I'm not um, available actually for uh, chatting or um, sharing uh, links all the time and discussing some and use uh, from the top 10 wall posts of uh, the community. I think this is something, it has a stop, you know. We can share all our life online, but there is a certain limit where it becomes more or less um, useless. Because as, as I told you, I don't, I don't know any other um, better situation uh, than a dance party <laughs> or a party or a gathering of people that came there out of their own interests or anything that came out of your own interests and after you're uh, out of your own dream something that you really wanted to do and something that you sacrificed uh, for what you sacrificed a lot of things in your in your life what do you oh. mean sacrifice I, I was not it was not easy for me for for, for instance to move out of um, uh, Moscow to a country that I don't know so much to adopt to the language system I didn't use so much uh, to live without my friends uh, not see my parents it was an exercise how I can adopt to someone uh, of how I can learn different languages how I can learn different cultures and I think it was a very valuable experience because um, I like to know more about the people that I could potentially meet and, and work with. Because otherwise, um, I can't really believe that um, the world will have a major interest in uh, Russian people without Russian people. Uh, I mean, people that grew up in the culture with the Russian language at its core. I don't believe that the world will make a first step. It's about us stepping out of our comfort zone and see if a dialogue is possible at all. I can call my friends and we're going to have a couple of buses and making the wildest party in this office right now. But uh, they won't do it themselves, you know. The majority of them don't even possess a passport uh, that can allow to leave the country. They're, they're not really interested, you know, in this. A lot of people from the uh, Western world, they have no idea what's happening in Russia. So there is certainly um, not a curtain. Uh, I don't know if it's iron, but it's, uh, it's a, certainly there is a buffer zone uh, that is hard to break. It, it is there. We cannot say it's not there. And it's a totally different environment. I mean, Russia has borders with countries that, um, you know, from Norway to USA. 
It's basically all the countries that you can imagine in Asia and, and Europe. So when people, for instance, also speak about how horrible it's with some human rights there or that um, minorities, um, gay people get uh, almost killed in certain republics. Do get killed. This is um, because uh, we live in a world that is not developed um, equally. You know, what happened to um, to some people who uh, tried to open new continents or uh, to uh, find new uh, islands? They got in touch with the locals and the locals, uh, they basically ate them, you know? <laughs> so it was not so long ago. <laughs> I think it's interesting to consider the factors that isolate people within Russia, especially if you take, you know, people that are interested in electronic music, the reasons that they wouldn't be as easily plugged in to the international scene as some just like them living within the EU, for instance. I think I've read you mentioned before, you said something like how people in the West wouldn't imagine that something like getting a good mastering job or you mentioned it earlier, getting a booking agent, those kinds of things um, just aren't as available um, to people in Russia as they are in the West. And so basically there are real factors at play that prevent this dialogue that you're describing from happening. Uh, do you think that's true? Real factors, I think that um, there's not so much money <laughs> and not so much um, uh, people who believe that with uh, with music you can create something uh, sustainable and uh, independent. Uh, whereas, uh, to the big extent, I feel that something that we have now um, in the music world, I mean, it's something that I try to fight. I'm just talking about my personal approach, right, to this, that there is very much um, happening with um, inertia. Is it a good word in English? Inertia, yeah. Yeah, so something that... Uh, was a big, big uh, movement, and then it fell apart into different pieces, and there are like asteroids still burning through the atmosphere of of new generations and new youth cultures. So they think that in order to, uh, well, they think. I thought so. <laughs> I'm not speaking about any from anyone else. I thought so. It's great to jump on a certain trend wave and ride it, and become this or that, depending on how uh, I feel something is spreading, the information is spreading in the world after a certain um, explosion or crash or extreme development of, of music um, and uh, the record industry uh, that you can, you know, make a song, sell records, get the money back and, I don't know, go to an island and have a private party, all in white and whatever. It's a fantasy. The reality is that you have to create um, your own context and you have to fight for it every day. If you do it like this, then maybe you have a chance to have a proper sounding dance music uh, output because at least I feel good if I know that I worked it out. <laughs> you know that I know that there is nothing else that I could imagine that um, uh, requires additional movement. You know, there is always room for improving. You know, the quality, the how it sounds, um, just how rich the music is, or how how correct uh, the communication is. But 
all my attempts to think about music ended in um, a catastrophe because I'm a person that can't stop making music and can't stop being the rhythm being a groove i'm a drummer so um, basically as an artist i gave up to understand what's happening around myself in the more regulated uh, logic world of, of music um well of, of of the world where there is not only musicians surrounding you but also people who have their personal interests in and in, in how to use and spread the mus information uh, with music but all i want to say is that um a musician has to play music that's all It's great where there is a context for that, a playground, but um, uh, the judgment of the musician should be depending on his last record and on his uh, last uh, show. Th these are the only platforms that I feel are uh, true of what I'm doing. Um, and I think that um, most of the online platforms for what I'm doing are not working. I'm not a person that grew up out of internet. I'm a person uh, that grew up with a happy wife and then suddenly I found myself in a situation, a happy childhood, a happy socializing. Uh, I found myself in a situation where I have to somehow rearrange totally the way I have to communicate with the world. And um, Why is that? Well, because of the social um, media, I think of the social network, of how people started to, um, around me, for example, to put more values in certain things. You know, <laughs> I have this friend who told me, cannot enter, um, I can introduce you to my partners in America, uh, to this booking agency, because I think you need to make your first USA tour, but you have to have at least 5,000 followers of, on Instagram to be able to um, start working with them. And when I hear things like this, I value much more <laughs> my uh, few soul shows, uh, live shows that I have, because I know that <laughs> there is a different way. There is a different way. Uh, there is a different way to uh, get out uh, your word out there to the people uh, directly. And uh, this is very much, we have to preserve, I think, the natural things, you know, that we can touch people by the hand or say, hey, uh, I think I don't think you're right. Um, Uh, come over and we we talk about it, you know, and you listen to some music together, or you go to a party to make some music together. It's just, you know, mutual support, mutual healing, you know. I'm a fan of the idea that all the technology that we have around us, crazy planes, crazy communication networks, crazy mixing boards, <laughs> crazy music equipment, things like this, they are there for us not to control each other, not to... Um, spread our own power over each other that is based on the idea that everyone is controllable. Uh, but there are instruments for us to help each other to get closer, to use them to express uh, the same ideas that we would have if we would uh, uh, just about to invent uh, like a stone hammer, you know, um, or um, a fishing rod for the first time in our life, you know then you can catch more fish to your family, right? If you have too much, then you share it with your neighbor. Or if you can maybe sell it for a little sum of money that allows you to buy another rod, right? But um, there is a limit where values get mixed up so much that um, it's time to read the Bible. Uh, it's time to read uh, how Christ came to earth and how he uh, showed us what's important in life and 
that they hunt for more power and money. Uh, the hunt of domination of one knowledge over the other one is a path of death because there's one love and there's one God, you know? And, and this is something that um, I think also holds me very tight <laughs> together <laughs> that I can just, you know, uh, basically work and pray. That's all I need. But we have to preserve this understanding, you know, that, that um, especially when children grow up, the people that uh, are young and entering the world, um, well, they know anyway, sooner or later, with their own mistakes. But um, dance music is a celebration of this uh, freedom of spirit that allows you not to... Uh, take from someone but to uh, give because the stuff that you gain is not the stuff that you steal from someone it's the stuff that um, it's love you know it's it's you fulfill, you fill yourself with love and then you share and this is this is it <laughs> this is um, this is life <laughs> you're having a lot of club experiences in Russia and then club experiences here and the other cities and countries where you perform. Do you feel like club culture means something different in Russia than it does in the West? Well, again, club culture, um, it's a very heavy term, you know. Um, I think totally club culture can work if you present this idea to a certain high level of social organization, to a politician. But I also don't think that people, um, especially in, in, in remote areas where it's a great situation where you can out of making music, out of playing shows, that you can pay your uh, bills and get a couple of new um, toys to play, around, to, to play around in the studio and share these toys with some other people. Um, I don't think that club culture, again, should be very much defined what it is because um, it's too early, first of all, and, and it sets up a certain framework that people can go to But I don't like it so much. I think it divides uh, the the whole um, the whole friendship into categories again, yeah, sure. and, and the scenes and the genres and all these things. Um, I guess I just mean more the act of of going out of of going out and dancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, going out is um, something that you do if you don't play computer games at all. Basically, no, it's just no, so it's very natural. But I guess very to natural. to give an example, I find that in a place like london or new york or berlin going out and dancing all night it's been around for a while it's a kind of mainstream phenomenon that everyone knows about and it's almost kind of like you have it on tap like everybody thousands of people do it every weekend whereas in a place like belgrade or tbilisi it's not it doesn't have quite this that sort of consumer element to it, um, or at least at some of the clubs, that there's a richer dimension there that has to do with more than just going out and getting drunk and having fun and maybe getting laid. There's, of course, you know, of course, yeah. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, I get the impression that in Russia there is sort of a spirit to the act of going out that separates it from you know Western cities. And I guess I'm curious how you would characterize that. I think it's just very fresh, you know, because people feel that there is a possibility to to unite again, to unite with um, similar people uh, and with people who like similar sound and similar styles. There is this idea of, of the brotherhood. And since there is not so much um, offering, uh, not, not, not so much uh, parties where uh, you can actually go to and 
make a proud selfie <laughs> or a proud picture and say, I'm here because it's so, so cool. Look around. Everyone is so, um, just so nice. I want to party with everyone. I want to touch everyone. I want to be part of this and I want to contribute to this. I think that at least when I was starting to uh, discover this world, I felt so grateful that I can go out uh, to these events and not be, for example, part of more uh, traditional culture phenomena because I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong, Russia has um, um, a big history of music um, acts. Okay, we have people from the 80s, like legendary avant-garde, really independent, um, original uh, music, um, musical artists, like Zvuki Mu and Kino, Kuryochen, the guy who has this um, uh, lecture uh, that uh, Lenin uh, was actually a mushroom. You know this? Uh, just Google it, <laughs> it's super fun. <laughs> uh, just the whole mystification and uh, the whole um, freestyle jazz jam with, um, <laughs> with certain... Uh, social uh, facts and uh, historical um, facts. Uh, but then there is, uh, of course, a big scene that play more uh, new metal or metal or heavy sound inspired music. There is bands like um, IFK or uh, Kirpichi that play very tight, heavy guitar music and are still very, very much cool. Well, of course, there was a time where there was um, MTV with some real heroes from the scene, you know, that you could actually watch after you come back from school. And, oh, wow, this band is so cool. It's their own TV, and I want to buy their record and go to the concert, like Kirpichi or IFK. They played huge gigs, like on the Red Square, you know, and the Red Square was full of punks and people with crazy haircuts, with huge leather boots and with... Uh, crazy outfits and all this, um, you know, counterculture movements. Of course, uh, <clears throat> we're not a country where there is either um, a dance or a techno party or it's um, songs about flowers for uh, grandmothers on the public TV uh, uh, or um, some American import uh, to, to the country uh, of some mass media entertainment. Uh, so there has been, of course, a very rich tradition uh, of people um, finding their own independent ways to uh, come together, starting with literature, with visual art, uh, with, uh, with film in particular. So it also, you know, doesn't grow in a very um, empty space. All I want to say is that um, there is, of course, a lot of interest to international acts because um, the quality of their show is very, very high. There is not so many musicians from Russia that are taking care of a certain uh, quality aspect of their uh, show and presence. I think because of the um, of the absence of special standards that the culture creates after uh, years of its existence. And um, it's rough, it's fun, it's cool, but I also like very much, for example, to spend a couple of more hours for a mix down or um, to go to the mastering studio and to see how the record gets mastered or how the vinyl cut 
works. And this is all very, very interesting knowledge that, of course, for example, in Berlin, it's um, fantastic to get it from everywhere, from from so many um, people that I'm happy to work together with. Uh, because um, well, I don't want to turn this into a name-dropping <laughs> podcast, but I must say that I was, uh, first of all, very, very lucky to get into the uh, hangout in the group of artists and teachers i'm having a close communication and relation right now re relationship right now because most of them have been such far away stars and names for me as a young boy uh, listening to pirate <laughs> mp3 uh, diy um, uh, collections of some techno or house sounds from a certain uh, country from a certain label Uh, or other um, strangely compiled uh, pirate uh, CDs, um, because there was not even an uh, not even a possibility to collect some vinyl records or be into this culture. I mean, I had no money. Uh, all the friends that had money to buy a vinyl stuff and actually um, bankers or people who started to work in some more um, solid uh, institutions or in the corporate world, so they, you know. Yeah, but still, through the internet, I think I got connected to, uh, still to the music uh, um, uh, around the world because it's for free. The idea of a network where everything is there, you just need to uh, get it. You need it. You, you press the button and you get it. It's a really nice idea. Of course, knowing some great artists from the first hand and being able to work with them, not only from the electronic music uh, uh, production um idea which is very much based on how the frequencies work on the dance floor but also for example i mean i worked with paul leary from the butthole surfers uh which is the band that i was listening when i was 15 and the locus abortion technician album that was given to my family by Piotr mamonov the guy who um is the lead singer of zvukimu so it's a very mysterious uh world zvukimu being another sort of seminal post-punk band is that right Or well something? i don't know the genre right, but, the but i mean yeah it's um, i think this involvement in international context is very much uh, important for every artist uh every artist that comes from a country where he has to fight his own path uh through uh the hard uh, context around him you can maybe call them third world countries uh Maybe Russia is really part of this uh, um, uh, group of, uh, of countries in some terms, but that um, this integration that many artists from around the world are looking for. I'm talking about myself, maybe young or a couple of months ago. I'm not looking for um, money, obviously, or I'm not looking for fame, ideally, right? I'm looking for a chance to be integrated, to basically have a communication with people uh, in in the world. Uh, this is a this is a basic intention that I have uh, um, as a dance music artist from the very beginning when my friends started to make raves um, at a river uh, at the riverside um, near my place uh, outside of Moscow. It was more like a party for uh, 70 friends and their friends uh, that. Uh, Uh, was lasting for the whole weekend and ev everyone was doing everything there and my old friend was playing well he was a young banker at this moment and he was playing um, basically some great records from um, Planet E and Metroplex and uh, early compact releases and uh, house records and crazy stuff you know and I was just going out there I was 15 or 16 and hanging out with a little bit 
grown-ups that are maybe a little bit more connected to the 90s in Russia, because of course 90s in Russia is, I don't know, perhaps uh, people felt it uh, also in Berlin when something big and and and, and big and, and and not properly functioning uh, is dying in the society and people start really to show interest to each other and to believe that it's their time right now. Because, you know, it's it's written in many books in Russia that people in my country are waiting for someone from above to come and say, I'm going to save you, I'm going to show you the way, I'm going to give you security, this is the way we do it, you know. And, uh, of course, you know who I'm talking about. It can be reincarnating in different, different persons um, uh, with, with time, you know. Basically, everyone who is wearing a... A symbol of power is a person that you kinda have to trust all the time or have to be dependent on. And I don't think this is a good idea, you know. Uh, so anyway, the 90s I think were been a little bit different. <laughs> it was a um, time where uh, it was so many possibilities and everything was so, so, so free. Good man. Good man.